Hey, hey, what is up, everyone? This is Ette with another episode of Eco Lawn Science. Today, we're going to talk about something that I love, but apparently many people don't love. And in fact, I just did a quick Google and I put in, does compost tea work? And I'm looking through it now, and here's the top things that come up. First one, compost tea provides no real benefits. Garden myth. Second one, compost tea doesn't work. Um, compost tea is all the rage, but does it work? Third one, the jury is still out on compost tea. Uh, fourth one, compost tea from the Washington State University. Fifth one, compost tea, does it work? So anyway, um, that's just a quick Google search, but I have actually been researching this for about a decade and even using and even brewing my own compost tea for about a decade. And so I'd like to give you uh, my thoughts from actually handling it and testing it. But I will say this, you could ask a bunch of people, 10 people, and probably six will tell you that it doesn't work, it's garbage, it's a myth. And then there'll be three or four that will say, well, maybe one of them will say, I have no idea. And there'll be three that'll be passionate and they love it. And I would fall into that category. But let me share with you some facts and some data and things that I've learned. And you make up your own decision. At the end of the day, all you can do is try it and see if it works for you. Um, so I'd like to tell you my experience with this compost tea. But first, let me tell you a little bit about what it is. So the, the whole concept, um, we've talked a little bit about uh, – we did a podcast on the Soil Food Web with Dr. Elaine Ingham. Let me rephrase that. She wasn't on the show, but I talked about Dr. Elaine Ingham. Let me, get, let me make sure I get that credit, get that right so I don't get in trouble. And in that podcast, we mentioned the soil food web. We mentioned the balance in the ecosystem below the soil between bacteria, fungi, protozoa, flagellin, etc., and how crucial that is and how it's kind of a newer approach to lawn care and more importantly to soil health. And so compost tea is a next step in that. Um, I don't know if Dr. Ingham invented it, to be honest. I think it's been around for quite some time, or she may have. She's been around for a while too. I want to say she's in her 70s now. Um, but but it's newer, and so I know a lot of the research that I have seen, the case studies that I have witnessed, the studying has come from her um, along with some other sources. So I know she's definitely a leading expert in compost tea. I also know there are companies around America trying to get started with applying this on a larger scale, um, coming into some issues or some uh, bottlenecks as I have also hit. And there are some people who um, are just really versed and really educated in it. And so I hope, I'll, I hope I can remember to bring in all that research as well in this podcast. So anyway, compost tea, what it is, it's basically a liquefied compost. You start with, uh, depending on the size of batch you want to brew, but picture this. You take, uh, let's say, a 10, 10 uh, pounds of good organic compost. Um, compost has millions of beneficial insects and bacteria, just a lot of life happening in compost. So you take that and you put it in these special bags. Um, and, and they're just – I say they're special because you get them from a company in Oregon. Um, and they're made to uh, allow the microbes to escape but not the compost. Um, but anyway, you have this big brewer. Um, I've had brewers all different sizes. Some companies are 1,000 gallons. The biggest – the largest I ever had was 100 gallons. The smallest was 50 gallons. And you put this bag full of organic compost deep into this brewer and then you hook it up. There's this like aerification system. Um, you can use all kinds of different tanks. I like the – I think they're called conductor tanks or cone tanks. But basically at the bottom, they funnel down because I don't – one of the hardest things about making compost tea is you cannot have buildup 
remain and get trapped in little um, cracks and crevices of the tank itself because that can cause actually more issues than the good that you're brewing. So you have to have a great way to clear these out and clean them out regularly after every batch. And so those cone tanks are great because it all filters down. It all, you know, starts at the top, maybe wide, and it gets narrow, narrow, narrow to a cone, and then eventually just goes down to, I don't know, one or two inch um, wide and so at that point from there you can hook up we, we we would build our own but you can hook up a one or two inch pipe at the bottom of it and then it shoots back up and it recycles splits out the two and it hooks into this little uh almost like i think of like a fish tank with the air bubbler but on a bigger scale it's a big pump the idea is the this compost full of life and organisms is brewing and as you're doing it it's literally extracting microbes out of the compost into the the tea, the batch, the liquid, um, with it bringing forth all kinds of life forms. Um, and then you're actually uh, – some people feed those. So you use a little bit of molasses. Uh, there's different types of food. You feed the little organisms so that they are multiplying. But there is a balance. You don't want to overfeed. If you overfeed, they'll grow and multiply too much. There won't be enough air. They'll start dying. The bur- Everything will become anaerobic. And so there's, a, there's quite a balance and a little bit of an art on top of the science of this. Um, and so anyway, you take that and you apply it back onto plants, lawns, trees, and that's compost tea, the simple version. You're recycling organic compost and you're making it more powerful by and more biodiverse by brewing and extracting the microbes. And you apply those microbes back into the soil to help balance out um, the soil food web. Okay, And if you don't know what the soil food web is, check out my podcast on the the intro to the soil food web. So that's a simple version of compost tea. Let me tell you my story of it. Um, so about 10 years ago, let's see, I was still in Jersey. And before I had moved to Utah, I started getting very curious about compost tea. It might have been about 11 or 12 years ago. And at the time, there wasn't as much data online. And so I read everything I could possibly find during the winter. And I would start testing with these buckets. I'd go to Home Depot, get a five-gallon bucket, you know, those orange ones, the classic five-gallon or and I would use a little air pump and little um, almost fish tank tubes for a fish tank, and I'd use rocks at the bottom to hold it in. Anyway, began brewing tea, and right off the bat, I hit all kinds of issues. Um, as I said, it's very complicated, and it's and there's some inconsistencies in tea brewing that that play into a larger problem I'll speak to later. But anyway, I was I was out there just brewing these, and I was putting them in my home lawn, and you know I, I'd brew it and I'd put it in. Uh, or my plants at home, I just dump it, you know, because you can do that. It's compost, so there's not, you don't have to worry about your rate. You can go, if you have a plant that's not looking great, you can just, you know, pour a gallon on it, you know. Um, well, I shouldn't say you don't have to worry about your rate, but it's not as much as fertilizers where you could burn it. Um, you could over overpopulate an area. But anyway, so, and at first I was getting these weird smells. Um, it just smelled awful, you know, and I, I couldn't figure out what it was. And so I started researching and then there was this whole anaerobic aerobic thing. And basically what was happening is I wasn't getting enough oxygen output to the pumps. And so the brew was – it became anaerobic and basically everything was dead inside. So I just had a bunch of dead mic, uh, microbes and in, a, in, a, in basically dirty water. And so that's not going to work. And, and so that just you, – you do have to pay attention to the quality of your compost tea. Absolutely. Um, and so anyway, so I did that and then I just – I didn't love it. So then we, moved, we ended up moving to Utah and I started this company and I just really had to – I had to have compost tea because I just really believed in it, the science behind it. 
And I wanted to make it work. I wanted to start this company and be the first guy that I know of to apply this stuff. Um, and so we were midway at the time. We had this great big old barn. It was cool. The front half, I had a recording studio. Um, and I just would spend all my time out there writing, recording music. And on the back half, it was really tall, and it had we, we, we bought some 50-gallon drums, like the blue drums you, you save water in. And me and my wife, she's very handy and can do construction and follow schematics and build things. Not me. I can't do anything. So let me – I should be honest. My wife built um, these brewers uh, off of plans that she finally found. Again, I've been doing so much research and there wasn't what we have at the time. So she built these brewers out of 55-gallon, the blue drums, You know, cut the top off, build these brewers. And we had them up you know, on these uh, almost like stool-like things. There was four batches and this great pump system that was branching off into four. And we started getting some pretty cool stuff. I mean at least it wasn't smelling. You know, it, it smelled great. It smelled like like I like it should. It wasn't having that awful smell I had back in Jersey. And we, you know, we we started getting some pretty cool stuff. So I started putting it in bottles, and I'd keep it in the fridge because you can't once you pull it off of the the mix, the aeration, the aeration, um, they can only they can't the mix can't stay off forever. You can't put it in your tank and leave it for two days and then apply it because everything's going to die. Um, that's part of the trickiness. Uh, that's part of the complications of scaling this product or this idea. And so anyway, we would um, we were starting to have some success. And I said, okay, cool. It, this looks right. Everything I've read, it smells right. It looks right. Um, and then you know, I got into microscoping and I learned, okay, you've got to actually pull samples and put it on the microscope and see is there any activity in each drop? Are there are there bacteria? Are there fungi? So I started uh, researching what does a bacteria, fungi, protozoa, all these things, what do they look like under a microscope? So I got halfway decent at understanding, you know, okay, that's what that is. And it was really exciting. I mean, you take a drop of the stuff, you put it under and, and sometimes I would see so much movement. I mean, it was really exciting and, and kind of mind-blowing. And then sometimes I wouldn't see as much movement and so it's very hard to duplicate the batch 100%. Again, one more difficulty with scaling this on my ultimate dream. But I knew we were on the right case. I started seeing things that um according to all the books everything I read that looked good. It looked like I was making a good uh blended brew of bacterial/fungal tea. And so at this point I was ready to really try it out um and so we did it first on our property. We had a, we had an acre, we had tons of grass, we had great plants. I'd pour it on the plants, I'd apply it to the lawn. And you know, it's not compost tea is not something you're going to see overnight. It's going to take time um because you're you're basically helping the organisms in the soil and feeding them and and the idea is that they'll unlock the nutrients. Um, so we started applying it to my property in Midway, and we did it the whole season. We did it on a monthly basis. We had a really hot, dry summer that year, and we do have some shade. That helped. But I did notice this was our third year, third year in this house, and I noticed that the lawn, um, it did better than it had done the previous two years during this drought, you know, this Utah drought season. And, you know, I was really intrigued because that's one of the claimed benefits of compost tea is to – to help with drought prevention and help the lawn have a stronger root system. And so I actually saw the best uh, the lawn that we had for three years with the tea. Um, I don't know if we had any necessarily greening up from it. I think it's a long – because it's a long-term play. You're not going to see it right away like you would a fertilizer. But I did see some great drought tolerance and I also noticed we didn't really have any insect or fungal issues that season. The Two years before, we would just have a, we would have like one or two little spots. Um, so 
we didn't have those spots. We had the best looking summer. We stayed green through the summer as far as the drought stress, those brown spots. And we didn't have any. We usually had one or two little insect areas. We did not have those. Um, so I started getting really excited. And then the next year, I started testing it out on clients. I put it in a larger tank and we'd be out applying it in Midway and Park City. And I saw – I was seeing the same types of things. I didn't know right off the bat – were, is our, are our lawns any greener from this? Um, but I did notice during the summer they seemed to react better. They seemed to be able to stay stay looking good um, where previously you'd have these brown spots. And so that's when I started saying, wow, there's really something here. Um, and so I, I love the science. I believe the science. I started seeing these results with drought stress, with insect fungal issues as well. Then I hit a problem. And this is about three or four years ago. Um, we were putting our tanks and moving moving well, but as the company has grown and there's so many issues uh, – there's so many bottlenecks with it. Like I said, when you pull it off – first of all, you have to time each batch. So we were running these for about 36, 48 hours. So you had to constantly have batches going. You had to clean the tank after each batch. I mean so well. If you left any residue or dead organisms, it could basically infect and ruin the next batch. So there was a lot of labor there was a lot of difficulties because one, there was a lot of timing and scheduling complications. There were even um, – the, then there were issues with just the product. I mean we would – like I said, when you pull it off, you have to apply it within a few hours or it's useless. So we had to schedule it out so we knew we'd have a batch ready. But then what if you hit an issue? What if you loaded up a tank and you had a couple of clients cancel? They want to go on for tomorrow. And then you had leftover product that was all dead. So there, it, on scaling this, on the, the size of the client base that I had at the time as we were growing so much, it was not ideal to continue my research um, and testing on the compost tea. But let me finish the story. So I continued to use it. But then because of all these issues, because of all these bottlenecks, um, I noticed that it was really slowing things up. It was hurting the company in a lot of ways. And so – I have to make sure that I have to protect the company to make sure the clients are happy that we're getting our work done first. That's my priority. And then all the the moving towards, you know, 100% organic and proving these concepts work, they have to take a second second place. So the next year I actually outsourced it. I I brought in a compost tea from a company back east. Um I won't name the name. I won't say the name, but I brought it in. And it was a whole different setup. It didn't smell. didn't look like our tea. Um, and for some reason, this you were able to put on the shelf. So I, I had a really hard time with it because it went against everything that I had understood about compost tea, about you can't put it on the shelf unless it's in a fridge. You can keep it in a fridge. But then you have to have massive coolers of fridge, uh, fridges with you know jugs of tea everywhere. So it didn't do that. Um, it didn't look. It didn't smell. Anyway – I didn't love it, so, but but I had already committed because we were growing. We were in a place that I just – I didn't have a choice. So for that summer, we brought in – we outsourced the product, the compost tea. I felt like I didn't have the control. I felt like it wasn't as fresh as what I was brewing. Um, but again, I don't know. I don't have the data on that. Um, I can say – so we, we ran it a couple rounds in the tank that year in, in my Park City area. And um, I also didn't see that – what I was telling you earlier, the drought, the drought resilience, I, I didn't notice that. Like I felt like that year we were starting to get some of the brown spots back. We didn't have any insect or fungal problems, so it still could have held there. You know, I started seeing those drought spots again. And so those were some of my observations. When I outsourced it, 
I didn't see fungal insect issues, but I did notice our brown spots were starting to come back during the drought. Um, and then so after that, I just pulled it out. That was the year prior. And then we are trying to – and so currently what we've been doing is working on bringing in new new tanks, a new system, a little more power and a better a better um, warehouse to, to, to properly brew the tea. That was some of the big problems that I have with the tea is I love the science. I believe in it. I saw great results I know of, drought resistance and insect fungal damage. I believe over time, and I mean a couple years, you can decrease all the nitrogen, you know, and, and just use tea. I really believe you can get to more of a, you know, sustainable lawn care program, but we just don't have the data on that yet. But here's some of the data we do have. Um, there, I, I've seen many case studies, and you can go to Compost Tea, Elaine Ingham, and they did studies all over the world. I remember one particular, it was in Africa, and they had a massive piece of land. It was a couple hundred acres of crops, and these crops were getting hit with a nasty fungus, and it was costing them a lot of money. They, it was an organic farm. They did not want us to apply fungicides, you know, blanket on all the crops. So they actually had these big pools, like swimming pools, I mean like 1,000 gallons and they converted this huge pool into basically a giant tea brewer. In the case study, they showed us every um, component of the brewer, how they built it, how they specced it, how they scaled it for such a large size. And then they started applying it and it was insane. In one season, they did three applications and by the third application, the fungus on the crops was limited to one tiny area. I mean – it was like a 75% reduction. There was still a little bit, but just by applying this compost tea, by the third application, they had suppressed that fungus and got rid of most of it down to, it was like I said, it was 75% reduction. And they showed pictures every month. So it was like you'd see, you'd see, uh, they started in April, May, June, all the way to September. And as you see the pictures, you'd see less area or infected. And by the time it got to that last, last picture in the fall, um, it was incredible. The, the the fungus was down. The plants looked great. That's just one case study. There are actually tons that I have seen. I've taken classes in it. A lot of cannabis, a lot of weed farmers and growers are using compost tea and having excellent results. Um, the, the, the yields look great. And so I could go on and on of the stuff that I've studied. I don't know how to show it to you over a podcast. I can just say there's a lot of research out there and a lot of people who are doing this correctly. And if you Google it and you look around, you're going to find some just incredible case studies that are documented with pictures, with witnesses. Um, but you will also find a lot of skeptics. And so my – you know, it's like anything. There's so much research, pros and cons. I can just tell you what I know and that is I saw massive improvement again with the drought stress. I didn't get those brown spots. I saw massive improvement with insect and fungal disease because I, I believe it's because all the beneficial – insects and and fungals that we the microorganisms that we were putting in the soil my goal is to continue you know we're working on getting new brewers and bringing it back but we just have to do it the right way and part of the way the business has gone the last year with me now having branches that are owned by other partners co-owned that has actually freed up a lot of my time so i will be able to get back onto this and and dial it in a couple of quick things that i've learned that i want to share for any companies that are looking into applying this one of the, the hardest things I've learned, and I learned this from uh, Earthfort, which is a company up in Oregon. They do soil analysis. They're a great, great company, great products. Um, I think his name was Matt. We spoke uh, email and a couple times on the phone. Is The problem with doing compost tea 
on a large scale, it's impossible almost to replicate the same batch twice. So let's say you take you do a batch of 500 gallons, you pull some samples, you look at the microscope, you see great activity, you see a lot of great life, the things you want. Then let's say later that day in the same facility, same temperature, same lighting, you pull another batch of 500 and it's a little bit different. And that's – so that's one of the hard things is trying to be consistent with the application. The second thing is I think there's a lot we still don't know yet. Um, I recently had an interview with Doug Dickey here on the show and he talked about um, combining you know, carbon-1 with compost tea as an energy you – know, essentially like an energy source for the, the, the microbes in the soil. And I think that there's a huge part there that I was not fully understanding. And so I think there's still research we have to do and, and trial and testing. And anyone who's doing it, please reach out and let me know. Come on the show and we'll talk about it or, or send me your tips, pictures because I'm really trying to get the word out about this product because I really believe in it. The other complications I've touched on are just once you pull it off of the brewer and take it out – it has to be applied very within a couple hours. Um, the, so there are some solutions. You could hook up some type of airification system into your tanks and have that moving it around. You could, you know, again, you could bottle it and put it in a fridge, and that's supposed to keep it alive for, you know, sustain its life. Um, but that's, you know, running, when you're running a lot of clients in a lot of directions, that's one more factor. Um, again, cleaning the tank is so crucial. If you leave some debris, you could just ruin your next batch. The timing of the batches, the weather of the batches, they have to be produced. If it's too cold or too hot, they won't grow properly. The food source that you feed the comp, you know, that you feed the organisms, if you feed them too much, too little, you could have issues. One of the other things that makes it a little tricky is your equipment has to be clean. So if you have a big tank and you want to apply this tea and you've got, oh, I don't know, a bunch of residue from, let's say, an insecticide. Well, this tea is loaded with beneficial insects, so you're going to kill them. You're going to injure them if that tank is not sterilized and then all the cleaning chemicals cleaned out. Um, so that could be complicated depending – so your equipment has to be spotless. You have to – oh, your water has to be at the – has to be dechlorinated. There's just a lot of complications. I believe over the next few years as we continue to research and test and find a way, I, th I know we're going to get closer and it's going to be a lot more consistent. I know we're also going to figure out some of these um, some of these things that are complications and a little tricky. And I want to be there when we do because I think when we have that dialed in, I really think it's going to be – I already believe it's a game changer for the industry. You know, Homeowners want this. They want something. They want to find a better way. And I think in the future, compost tea, it's not a, a miracle product at all. It's a great um, tool in the arsenal. And I think I think I can't wait to see when we maximize and fully understand and unleash the the potential of the compost tea, because I think it will be replacing many things in a healthy program, and ultimately be a big key in leading us to having a fully sustainable lawn and landscape. So there it is. This was one of my longest ones, and I have so much more I could say. Um, but overall, I just hope I got you thinking about compost tea. It's still a newer science. It's still a newer products. There's a lot of companies selling it that it's it's false, it's garbage, and then there are some companies selling some good stuff. So you really got to look at the sources, make sure it lines up with the concept of what tea should be, um, and check it out. I, I, I definitely recommend it. And like, I, like I've already shared, I found some great benefits, and I look forward to finding all the rest of the benefits. I hope this had some value to you today. I appreciate you sticking with me. Uh, have a great day, and I'll see you on the next episode.